This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we are not going to get you rich. There's sleazeballs abound all over the internet. We'll be happy to take your money to chase that lie. Here, at best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. And Godspeed. Welcome back, valued listeners, to the Jay and Silent Rob podcast. Jay, I'm going to start off, a little surprise for you, with a listener question. I just texted someone I was about to record, and they shot in a question. Are you ready? Let's do it. I believe that you wrote about this on your waiver, but the question is, Adrian Peterson, six exclamation points, is he a lock? Question mark. Is he a lock? Well, you know we love locks on this show. Obviously, we're, we're big anti-thinking probabilistically. <laughs> he is the best bet to take over Derrick Henry's workload. I'm under market. I mean, I, I still think he's a great pickup. And if, if you have, you can make that pickup, pick him up. I am under market where the market thinks he's more of a lock than I do. Let's put it that way. Call me crazy for uh, thinking a guy who we all thought was retired is now a lock. I mean, I know Adrian Peterson is is a different breed, but yeah, that, that's, that's how I feel about Adrian Peterson. The number one pickup of the week, but I'm not as high on him as some of the other people who I do respect are on him. Roger that. But yeah, I appreciate that. You know, any questions people have, you know, send them to Rob. Text Rob, bother mm-hmm. Rob, call Rob at all hours of the day. Yep. And, and then he can talk to me. I'm here for that. <laughs> well, uh, so yeah, we got week nine, halfway through the season almost. A survivor, to, to recap that, we had 13 going into the last week. Six of the 13 fell victim. Our, our buddy AT, Micah, my buddy Mike Davis, Nick Rabina's buddy Mike, our buddy Steve Smith, and then our, our buddy Joey Simons. All fell victim. I think one of them had the Chargers and the rest had the Cincinnati Bungles. I did give out the warning last week to not pick the Bengals unless you were in a really big contest. I recommended mostly the, the Chiefs. I did have somebody reach out personally. One of our, our remaining people texted me, your buddy Liam, mm. and he asked me who to pick. And I was like, you know what? I would go Chiefs. Listen to me. He picked it. How about that? One against his own giants. One against his own giants. So, yeah. Yeah. So, we're actually going to have a nice little survivor draft. We're going to pick the seven remaining. I'm going to let Rob have the first pick since I know all seven of the contestants uh, still remaining. He knows, I believe, four of the the seven. But we're first going to go over this week and some recommendations for not only those seven remaining in our survivor, but anyone else remaining in a survivor, including myself and a couple of the other ones that I didn't forget to make a pick on. I, I think I'm in two still. And the three that I would look at the teams-wise this week would be the Indianapolis Colts. They're my number one play, I think, Thursday night, playing against the, the Jets' backup quarterback. I think that's the best spot you're going to get for the Colts this season. You are going to get them next week for the Jaguars, but there's a couple of better, there's a couple other options next week uh, with the Steelers and Tampa Bay. So I, I think this would probably be a good spot. So if you are going to use the Colts, you know, obviously, you're not going to be able to use them next week. But if you don't use them this week, I think next week would be the last time you can use them. If you're not going to take the Colts, I would go ahead and take a look at the Cowboys. Cowboys might be the best team in the NFC. They're, they're a really good team. They won with their backup quarterback in Minnesota. Minnesota more lost that game and the Cowboys won it. Uh, that being said, it's still a W. Still a W for the Cowboys. They play 
the Broncos at home this week as a 10-point favorite. And the last recommendation, if you have the Bills still, you might want to use the Bills as 14.5-point favorites. Uh, when we get into the bets for this week, I'm going to talk about this game. I, I do like the Bills in this spot. Kind of think the, the line's a little short with the Bills. I'm not going to take the 14.5 points, but I'll talk about how I'll bet that moving forward. But I think it's a pretty straightforward week. If you want to use the Rams and you still have the Rams, I guess you could use the Rams, but I would I would keep them. They're an eight-point favorite against the Titans this week, but I think you want to save those Rams for a better week. Anything before we get to the survivor draft there, Rob? Let's draft, baby. All right. Well, R- Rob, we know much you love drafts. Mm-hmm. So we have seven contestants remaining in their survivor. Both you and I have been eliminated, but you know we're, we're Jones in fraction. So Rob and I are going to to make a, a wager, obviously just monopoly money, since we're, we're we also are in the same state as we record this. Mm-hmm. But what, what do you say? What do you want to put on it? Five bucks, ten bucks, twenty bucks? And what, what do you want to do? Monopoly bucks, of course. Twenty monopoly dollars sounds sounds terrific. Okay, sounds good. And so. this is for this is a this is a who's players get the furthest is there a tie in this uh, if if, if there's a tie yeah the only way there would be a tie is if multiple people made it to the end so if multiple people made it to the end we'll just get our money back that's what Mm, we would do okay unless obviously you have both the people that go to the end and i have none but if we both have somebody that goes to the end then we just get our money back Mm. okay so i'm going to talk about the seven contestants I did not do any research on who has what teams left. I guess there could be some advantage with that. I think the biggest advantage is kind of knowing the the person, which is why you get four and I get three because I know all seven people, whereas you only know four of them. But I will let you ask three questions about each person, but you can't answer the same question or ask me ask the same question twice. So first one being Ryan Snyder. I believe you know that gentleman, correct? Mm-hmm. All right. Alex B, we'll call him Alex B. Mm-hmm. You do not, I don't believe you know that individual. Okay. Did he go to a, it's a yes or no. Did he go to a, a private school or a, a nice high quality public high school? Public high school. Uh, but a high quality one, yes or no? Yes. I, be, I believe, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe yes. Okay. Got it. There's one question for Alex B. I'm going one question per person. That's it. That's all I need. Oh, that's all you need? Okay, great. Marissa, you know. She's still available. Mm -hmm. Eddie. Eddie S. Eddie S. Eddie S. Eddie S. Does he have a college degree? And if so, what is it it in? He does not. Okay. He does not. Got it. Next person is Liam, who I believe you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the next person is Sean Lushkin, Sean S., or she means Sean L, who uh, we both know, obviously. <laughs> and then finally, John C. John C. John C. Now, now, John C. Is John C. a better sports handicapper than you? Oh, that's a that's a good. I, I definitely one sport. <laughs> definitely one sport. He is better at handicapping than me. I don't know okay. about sports in general. He okay. he knows sports very well. I'll say that. Okay. okay. How about poker? Is he better poker? Player? He's a thousand times better poker player. <laughs> 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 it's, two, it's two questions, but I'll give you that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He he may or may not do that full time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but yeah. All right. So let's start the draft. You get the first pick. Go ahead. You have uh, you got ten seconds. It's Johnny C, dude. You got Johnny C? Okay, good pick. Very good pick. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Alex B for my pick. Go ahead. Okay. With the third pick, I'm I'm taking I'm taking Lee Mar. You going Lee? 
Mm-hmm. Lee, was, Lee was at the bottom of my big board. No. no. <laughs> I'm going to go with Marissa. Marissa, yep. Okay. Okay. I'm taking Mr. Eddie. Good pick. Good pick. I'm going to take Ryan S. My boy, Ryan S. All right. So that leaves you with uh, Sean L. Sean L. Let's go. Okay. I'm stacked. All right. I'm stacked. All right. So to, to review, to review, I've got Alex, Marissa, and Ryan S, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you've got John C, number one pick, Sean L, Lee, and Eddie. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. Well, this will be fun. I'll be sure to text these individuals, make sure they, they know they're a part of this draft. And uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Let's review last week's bets. So last week's bets, I had the Browns to win the NFC North. This game opened at a minus three against the Steelers. It closed at minus five and a half. So that means the market was in my favor. I didn't take the game directly, but I took a derivative, which was the, the Browns to win the division. I thought this was probably the last week the Steelers were going to be relevant. I got it wrong. Steelers won the game, but the market agreed with me. And we would call that as closing line value. So when you beat the closing line, you beat the market. And Rob, as you know, it is very important to beat the market. Even though the Browns lost the game and I didn't technically lose my bet, but my, my bet definitely lost value, beating the market in the long term, especially in a really liquid market like the NFL, where you can get hundreds upon thousands of dollars down on it. Uh, that's a very good sign. And actually, two of my other losses, I also beat the closing line. So I get where this probably sounds like, all right, this guy is just justifying his losses. And there might be something to that. But tracking the market close is one of the things that amateur handicappers do not incorporate. And that's probably the biggest single thing. I think I would say the biggest thing is, is have multiple sports books so you can get the best odds. And the second thing would be tracking the market. So seeing where a bet opens at and where a bet closes. And that's called closing line value. So that's where you're not just looking at the result of the game. You're not just result oriented. You're also seeing what the market thinks, the wisdom of the crowds and knowing your own limitations. So anyways, I had that. They lost the game. Kind of a clunker game with AFC North game. I've talked about how I've been down on the, the Steelers, but this week they're six and a half point favorites against the Bears. Next week, I believe they're eight point favorites against the Lions. You know, maybe maybe I was wrong. You got you to incorporate the possibility for error and maybe, maybe I missed something. The Browns also just, they haven't clicked. Their quarterbacks had some injuries throughout the year. Odell Beckham, I don't know if you heard this, Rob, but it looks like he's played his last game with the Browns. He wants out. Apparently, when he didn't get traded, his dad tweeted like a 12-minute video of all the times he's been open and the Browns didn't throw it to him. 12 minutes. Yes, 12 minutes. I'll be sure to send that over to you. Yeah. His dad tweeted it. I, I, I believe, I believe that's what happened. And, you know, that's, that's what you need, a dad in your corner, you know, mm-hmm. to, to do that. It kind of rules. Yes, it kind of does rule. And the other bet I had was the Colts to win the AFC South 4-1. to one. I had the Colts playing the Titans last week, a huge leverage spot. I could have taken the Colts at minus one, I think minus two when the bet was made. It closed at minus three. So good news. Market agreed with me. But bad news, Carson Wentz, still the quarterback for the Colts, had a terrible turnover, and they lost the game in overtime to the Titans. But... You know, obviously, overtime game could have been, clo- you know, pretty much a coin flip. 
scenario. Also, there was a really high variance play or a high leverage play where the Colts intercepted the ball, was returning the ball as if they were going to, they weren't going to score, but they were going to have a short field. Then the guy who intercepted the ball had like a freak injury, like non-contact injury, went down, like grabbed his leg and dropped the ball. The Titans get the ball back and a first down. It was like third and 13. They throw an interception. Freak play. Titans very next play, throw it to AJ Brown for like a 65 yard touchdown. So quite, quite the swing. Once again, is this a guy trying to justify his bet that loss? Maybe, maybe, but pretty high leverage, pretty high leverage on that. It's not dead in the water, but you can definitely get much better odds now of the Colts better, much better than the four to one I got last week. Still the four to one, it only had to hit about 20% of the time to be return on its investment. I, I do think it was a good bet at that number. And then finally, Kirk Cousins, the Vikings minus two and a half. The game opened one and a half. It moved to about one, two point favorite for the Vikings when there was rumblings about Dak Prescott being out. When it got to two and a half, before it got to three, I I did take the Vikings. Uh, Dak was ruled out for the game. The Vikings closed as a four point favorite. So once again, beating the closing line by one and a half points, not just one and a half points, but getting the three, which is the most important number in football. But the Cowboys did end up winning that game as well. So 0 for 3 in the games, uh, the bets that I gave out either in, on Twitter or on the pod last week all beat the market. That's good news. But, you know, tell him what he's won. When you beat the market, you don't get any money, though. That's, that's the problem. But closing line value is another way to tr- see if you're doing, if you're having expected success. And it's important to do that when you are winning to make sure that you're not just on the positive side of variance. Because a lot of times that can be even more dangerous. If you are, you know, thinking you you're a world beater here and you're really just on positive variance, you know, you get all this false confidence, then you may, you double your bet, you triple your bet, and then you know, two weeks later you're you're looking for rent money. Any questions about that before I kind of move on to this week? Nope. Great reminder as always. I've I am you were just in a garbage disposal of variance, it sounds like on last week's bets. On that same note, I'm listening to a podcast. I haven't finished it about long-term capital management. Have you ever heard that term before? Heard of that? I I, I, I 90s thing. No, not really, not really. So compile the most experienced, like the biggest names in finance possible, PhDs from U Chicago, people who won Nobel prizes. Put them all together. Put all their personal money in a pot. Have it return. Have like terrific returns as a fund for like four years and then uh, go to zero all at one time. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a really cool story, but reminds me of of the same thing. Positive side of variance, you know, everyone can point to all these reasons why they should be successful. They're easy to look at on the surface and then things blow up, dude. Yes. Yeah. I mean, just remind, you know, remembering that you're the easiest person yourself is the easiest person to fool. So yeah, just, just a reminder. And also just to look at derivatives. So for example, you can take advantage of line movements. So, you know, when the line starts moving, when Dak Prescott gets ruled out, you have about one minute to get a bet in. And a lot of times if you bet at certain sports books and that's all you do is bet injury news, they'll, they'll ban you. They'll say, all right, we're not taking your bets anymore. So a way to kind of combat that is by betting derivatives that don't move as fast. So, you know, I took the Colts to win four to one when I saw the Colts moving from a minus one favorite to a minus two, ended up closing at minus three because I wanted the upside. 
because I knew a single game is is got so much variance, and I really made a bet for this reason. So instead of just betting the Colts to win that game, I would rather have you know a higher upside, a more asymmetrical bet, and just hope for variance to be on my side. Now the the variance that came out was we lost an overtime game, but Derrick Henry got hurt. Also, they're the Titans' pretty much best player. Now he's not as important as the quarterback, but very easily if the if the Titans' quarterback gets hurt. I benefit from a from that variance, and I benefit asymmetrically. It's a four to one bet payoff that I get. Now, I'm not saying it was likely that the quarterback got hurt. I'm just saying there, you know, you you benefit from the flux from the the chaos, right? It's that anti fragile approach where we know the NFL is chaotic, we know it's random. So instead of trying to buy, you know, build things that can withstand the randomness, you want to build things that are, or bet things that will benefits that will gain value or gain expected value from potential variance. So, so that's just a concept that I'm trying to reinforce. And, you know, even if I gave you out every single thing that I bet, and obviously that, you know, that would be good to make some money or whatever. But the biggest thing you're going to get from a podcast is thinking like that, how you're thinking about your bets. You can't control anything about the team, what plays they call, blah, blah, blah. As a sports better, you can control what bets you make, right? Getting the best number and then thinking like this, where, all right, how do I make these asymmetrical, anti-fragile bets that it's going to benefit from the chaos? I can't predict the chaos, but I know chaos is coming. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. What's my dart throw that's going to have the highest upside if the right thing happens? So it's it's kind of crazy. The more I've gotten into sports betting, the more I've kind of tried to distance myself from my, oh, I know football really well because we talked about how yourself is the easiest one to fool and things just turn on a dime in the NFL. You know, guys are in their prime and then pretty much their career arc starts going down almost immediately once they're in their prime. So it's so hard to like identify arcs and things of that nature. And, and I know that I am not going to be more analytical than some of these engineers that were previously doing sports betting, but now that sports betting is becoming legalized, think about all these people, uh, you know, engineers across the, the country that are now going to be like, oh, well, yeah, I like sports. Let me create a model for this, you know? So it's only going to get more analytical. So I try to think of it more of a big picture. That, that's how I try to get my advantage. So yeah, I, I hope that resonates. If you have any questions about any of that, please let my, myself know. I'd be happy to talk your ear off about that, of course, but uh, hopefully that makes somewhat sense, Rob. It does. If I have any pushback for you, it's that you're probably making bets. So like when you're when you're saying you want to be benefiting from the chaos or the volatility or the variance, whatever we call it, mm-hmm. you probably mean in relation to to the variance or volatility or chaos that's already priced in. Right. So like relative. Of course, of course. It's always relative yeah. to price. Right. It's it's always relative price. Yeah. And I was just using that example because in fantasy football. The narrative is you want to take wide receivers early because they're less likely to get hurt. And also they're harder to replace. So like we just talked about, whomever texted you said, Adrian Peterson is a lock. So he's going to be a startable running back pretty much for the rest of the year, most likely. You're not going to find a wide receiver like that very often. That's going to be a pretty much bankable starting wide receiver for the rest of the year. And the thing is, is you don't know which running backs are going to stay healthy and which ones aren't. But you know that there's a better chance that wide receivers are going to stay healthier. So it's just really thinking of that. But everything is relative to price. Everything is relative to price. Because at the end of the day, every team is a value at a certain number. 
And at the end of the day, you're betting numbers, you're not betting teams. Mm. So that, that's why, you know, we say there's no such thing as locks because you pick any team here and you give me a certain number and I'll, I'll bet them. Okay. So this week we have the Jets Thursday night football traveling to Indianapolis with backup quarterback, Mike White, their 10 point underdog visiting the Colts. Total's 46 here. I don't want anything to do with this game. The Colts are in a must-win spot, but I cannot lay 10.5 points on a Thursday night game with Carson Wentz. If you wanted to put entertainment money on this, maybe bet like Mike White under. I think he threw for like 400 yards last week in his first career start. So anytime you have like an outlier performance like that, I I tend to like to bet against that the next next time. But I, I personally will not be having any money on this. Obviously watching it, rooting for my fantasy teams, but... I, I will not be watching that. Or me, I will not be betting that. Getting to Sunday, I, I kind of talked about this a little bit before, but I like the Bills teased under 10 points. So right now you can get them at 14 and a half. So that would be teased down to eight and a half. I'm looking to see what I want to pair this with. So I haven't put the teaser in yet, but really as long as it's under 10, nine and a half or eight and a half, nine, I think that's a good bet. Bills played the Dolphins last week, an in-division opponent, a similar spread. Bill's offense was kind of having some trouble with the weather. They also were having trouble with the Dolphins' defense. And they were still able to cover the game because they kind of got in that scenario where they scored points at the end and it aligned with their, their motives. When you get to 14 and a half, above 14, two touchdowns, you really are susceptible to backdoor covers. And backdoor covers is where a team comes out and, and let's say goes up three, four touchdowns, and then they have no incentive to play their starters anymore. They have no incentive to, to keep scoring. So they'll open the quote unquote back door for these lesser teams to come in and score meaningless touchdowns. But what I like about this is getting that tease under 10 points. And if it's a two, if it's under two touchdowns, the bills are going to be putting the foot on the gas. So we, anytime I make some of you know, a bet like this, I like it to be aligned with the, the motive of the team. And the Bills have shown that they they don't usually bench their stars unless they're in, you know, up maybe three, four touchdowns. Any questions about that philosophy? I know I don't take a lot of big favorites, but but this one I just feel looking at how the Bills were priced pretty much similarly to the playing the Dolphins last week. Now they're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, probably the second worst team in football. The number just seems low to me. Checks out always relative to the to the price on offer. Absolutely. The Vikings traveling to beautiful Baltimore, total of 49 and a half points. The spread open at five. It's now up to six for the Ravens. I do think that's a little high, but instead of betting on the Vikings, I would rather bet the over. I'm still waiting on some weather info and some of the projections I use for fantasy, but 49 and a half seems a little bit low. The Vikings are without their best pass rusher and Daniel Hunter. And the Ravens have been a pass first team. And and people think of Baltimore being a defensive team, but they're really a a passing team and pretty much an average defense now. Also the Vikings, they they can run the ball and they can throw the ball when they need to. They kind of had a bad performance on Sunday night football. So I think you are getting a bit of discount. So if you want to take the six points with the Vikings or maybe wait that gets to six and a half, that's great. But I, I personally would be looking to bet this over if I can get that at 49 and a half, that comes down to 49 and my projections and whatnot check out. I, I will be on that. Afternoon game, we have Arizona traveling to San Francisco. Right now, it's a, a pick em. Arizona is a slight favorite because you have to pay a little bit more to get the pick price for them. But that's all about Kyler Murray's injury. If he does play, he's not going to be mobile. 
And San Francisco usually plays Arizona really well. If you remember week two or week three, I was on San Francisco. The game grades were pretty similar. Arizona won the game and the bet. They actually covered, so I did lose. But the game grades, the data was pretty much even and they should have covered, but we talked about the variance before. I think San Francisco like got stopped at the, at the one yard line, which obviously would have helped them cover and, and maybe even win the game. But this is coming down to really the San Francisco 49ers season. They had a probably their best game of the season last week against the Bears. And they have the Cardinals this week and the Rams next week. And realistically, they probably have to win both. And if you look at the market, the pricing of the market, they're only a three-point underdog next week against the Rams. And the Rams might be the best team in the NFL. So the market is telling us something here. I'm cool if you want to bet this. I'm going to bet the, the Niners in a different way. I'll talk about it at the end of the show. That's more asymmetrical, more upside. But if you want to take the 49ers here, I also might tease the 49ers if we get news that Kyler is going to play. We might see the Cardinals move up to a one, one and a half point favorite. I would like to tease the Niners up through that three and the seven up to seven and a half, eight points if I can. If I can't, I probably won't tease it, or I definitely won't tease it if I can't get it through the three and the seven. And then Sunday night football, we have the Tennessee Titans traveling to Rob's hometown of Los Angeles, playing the Rams. Rams are probably the, the hottest team in football right now. Tennessee, like I said, lost Derrick Henry for the year. They're probably going to be more pass-oriented, especially since they'll be trailing in this game, or at least they're projected to trail in this game as the Rams are eight-point favorites. I'm kind of excited to see how the Titans change up their game plan. As we talk about a lot on this show, throwing the ball is more optimal, even if you have Derrick Henry, and I know he's a cheat code, but with Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, they have one of the best one-two punches at the wide receiver core. LA Rams pretty much just just white hot right now. Got a lot of mo- momentum moving into this game. It's a primetime game. It's eight points. And numbers-wise, they it says you should take Tennessee. I am not going to. I don't want to step in front of this Mack truck that they call the LA Rams right now. But if I had gun to my head, I guess I would take the Tennessee. But I, I don't want to have anything to do with that. But I will be watching closely to see how Tennessee plays without its star running back. Anything from this week's games you want me to mention or go over again? The Monday night game is the Bears playing the Steelers. I have no feel in that game. I've talked about how I'm under market on the Steelers and I've lost, I think, three out of the four times I bet against them. So I really don't have a good feel for that game at all. Mm, you said LA may be the best team in football. That's the most interesting thing I heard. Yeah, they may be. They may be. I, I think the Bills, Buccaneers, and Rams have really separated themselves. And putting them in any three order is is acceptable to me. One thing that was mentioned today, I did get a bet in on the Chiefs to play the the Packers this week. Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if you heard about this, but he is not vaccinated. So he is out for this week and potentially next week if he tests again. Obviously, people, this news is already out. People aren't going to get the same number I got. But maybe teasing down the Chiefs from the, right now they're seven and a half. I got them at minus one. But if you even tease them down to minus one, minus one and a half, that might be a decent play. But don't I wouldn't take the seven and a half right now. The Chiefs have looked pretty bad. I think they've only covered two games this year. And then for the futures, uh, the only thing I'm looking for is the 49ers. Like I talked about, it's kind of a make or breaks two weeks for them. If you want to take them straight up, you can. The way I'm going to bet them is 60 to one to win the NFC championship. We saw them play their best game last week. I've talked about being on the Niners bandwagon all uh, year long. 
it's a great price. 60 to one to win the conference. They got to win three playoff games if they get in. 538 has them at about 20, 28% chance. I think they're about closer to 35, 40%. But I would rather take a more upside of a bet, the 40 to one price than the make the playoff price, which is a little under two to one. So if they get a good performance here, then they would probably be a three, maybe two and a half point underdog against the Rams next week. If they were to beat the Rams, potentially the best team in football next week, I could cash out, kind of indirectly cash out that bet in in just two short weeks. But I would probably have some other things. Probably, Probably let it ride for a couple more weeks, but we'll take it one week at a time. Thoughts, feelings, questions about anything? How do you like your draft? How, what are you feeling this weekend? You got any big plans? Love the draft. I'm feeling great. Weekend plans, got a bunch of family stuff, got like a family friend's wedding, and then a little early Thanksgiving with the in-laws and that family on Sunday. And then next week, dude, I may not be with you. I may be in sunny South Carolina. Nice. Nice. travel assignment. Yeah, we'll make it work one way or another. But yeah, if not, I'll definitely be here next week. And if not, you'll be here, uh, you know, whenever. I dig it. Peace.